the Israel Report with Rolene Marks. A quick reminder, the competition coming up at half past the hour. And if you have won on Chai FM in the last 90 days, you cannot enter the competition. Right now, time to find out what is happening in the Holy Land. Joining us on the line, Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Rolene, it seems quite a while since we chatted, but great to have you on board. Good afternoon. It Welcome. <laughs> It does. But great to be speaking to you. And of course, again. no Just shortage of action. Everybody. Right, and no shortage of action indeed. Let's start with the historic trip to Azerbaijan by President Herzog. Well, this is going to take place tomorrow. President Herzog, accompanied by his wife, First Lady Mikhail, will be visiting Azerbaijan. This is at the invitation of the Azerbaijani president, Ilham Aliyev. Now, this is uh, not just to start because it's a first-time visit, but also strategic. Azerbaijan, apart from being a, a neighboring country to Iran, is also a Shiite majority Muslim mm-hmm. state. So, a very, very strategic for a number of, of reasons. And also, we have seen tensions between the Azerbaijanis and the um, Iranian regime grow more tense over the last couple of months. So, um, this is what the president has on his schedule. They'll depart from Tel Aviv tomorrow from Begurin Airport, and he will be officially welcomed with an honor guard at the presidential palace at the capital in Baku, also home to a Formula One Grand Prix for anybody who's interested in Grand Prix. And there will be uh, 30 children from a local Jewish school uh, who will sing Hatikva, who will welcome the president. This is from a local Chabad school. And what is absolutely fascinating is there will be a uh, celebration of Israel's 75th year of independence, which is really, really uh, quite something, given that it is a Shiite Muslim-majority country. Yesterday was Azerbaijani Independence Day, which, of course, was met with a great fanfare on social media by uh, by Israel and Israeli diplomats. And the president is expected to be accompanied by our health minister, Moshe Arbel. It is believed that apart from discussing issues around regional cooperation and the strengthening of ties, that high on the agenda will also be signing of major uh, healthcare collaboration agreements between the two countries. So we're expecting agreements on uh, the training of doctors, how to prepare for disasters. Uh, you know, one thing that we can say is that both countries sent the biggest delegations to Turkey, when Turkey was struck by those uh, horrific earthquakes, Turkey and Syria, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Azerbaijan sent the largest delegation, followed by Israel with a 450-strong delegation. And we'll also be looking at ways uh, to digitalize healthcare. And, yeah, so really relations growing from strength to strength. So, uh, just to recap, Rulene, how long is this trip going to take? 
It'll take a couple of days. We're mm-hmm. thinking maybe about two or so days. But uh, a, a wonderful trip planned for our president and really a historic occasion. So uh, I hope to share some updates that we'll, we should get in tomorrow. Indeed. I'll probably be hearing a lot more on that tomorrow, as you mentioned, Berlin. Looking forward to that. Looking at protesters flying Israeli flags at the Roger Waters concert. Now, what went down here? What happened here? Well, Roger Waters has been making headlines not for the greatest reasons. And I think we discussed last week that he had performed in Berlin during his highly, highly controversial performance. He had uh, uh, flown that infamous inflatable pig that, to be fair, does have various slogans on, but also has a Magen David, a a star of David. Uh, And just to be very, very, very... um, uh, blunt. This is not a flag of the state of Israel, so he cannot claim to oppose Israeli policies, which is what he, he does at nauseam. This is uh, putting Jews along with the fascists of the world. He also dressed up in a costume very similar to that of the Nazi SS, but probably the most offensive was a comparison between the Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh, who was killed in a exchange of gunfire last year during a counter-terror operation in Jenin, and Anna Frank, a Jewish teenager who was marked for extermination, hunted down and sent to a death camp because she was Jewish. And, of course, the usual... Uh, um, anti-Zionism rhetoric, you know, I'm not an anti-Semite, my father fought World War II, yada, yada, yada. But um, Berlin police opened an investigation into incitement of hate. Now, that is a very serious allegation against Roger Waters. Cut to last night, he performed in Frankfurt. This after a court order was overturned, allowing him to to perform. Notably, he did not dress up in his costume or, or, or show Anna Frank, but um, apart from massive protests uh, in Frankfurt last night by the Jewish community and their allies, a, a group of, of Jews were in the um, in the audience, they unfurled a very, very large Israeli flag chanting Am Israel Chai, Jewish people live. And uh, one protester even managed to get on stage where he unfurled a Magid uh, David, but adding insult to injury because this is Frankfurt, this was at a venue where Jews had been deported to their deaths during the Holocaust. Uh, uh, protesting Jews were dragged out by German law enforcement. Not a good look, Germany. Not a good look. Uh, and at least one protester was harassed and had death threats by a, a German member of the audience. And, you know, this is a, an area of extremely, extremely high sensitivity given uh, a Roger Waters stance on Israel. But what is interesting, Michael, is mm-hmm. that Frankfurt is um, a signature or has adopted the IRA definition 
of anti-Semitism. Roger Waters' rhetoric falls squarely into their definition. So let's watch the space and see if there will be any legal action Mm -hmm. taken against him. Two spaces to watch for that matter, Rowena, as you mentioned, Herzog's visit and uh, the Rogers Water, Roger, Rogers, the Roger Waters concert, as you say. Yeah, let's watch these spaces and see what transpires until tomorrow. Leaving the best, so to speak, for last, the latest on the judicial overalls. What's the latest there? Well, there has been a lot of conjecture in the media over the last 24 hours that there is a possibility that either Netanyahu won't go forward with these proposed overhauls or that significant portions of it will be shelved. So uh, just a short while ago, uh, the uh, prime minister said, "No, he's he's very. It's very much on the table. However, it has to be a, a broad-based um, agreement." So mm-hmm. uh, last night, a member of the court, David Betal, who has spoken out and, and voiced his, his opposition to the overhauls, was speaking to Channel 12 News. He says, "He says my estimation is that the reform is not coming back. We'll pass something, but not what we started with." Netanyahu understands the economic security and diplomatic consequences. He's concerned about it, especially with the diplomatic issues. Now, you and I have been speaking about it in great detail. We've spoken about uh, the magnitude of the protests, Mm -hmm. not just the protest movement here in Israel, but economists, various countries, diplomats, the security um, community, various other structures of society saying they are very concerned about Israel's future should the overhaul in its current draft go through. Now, obviously, we know that as a democratic institution, the Supreme Court uh, should evolve, and nobody is saying that there shouldn't be reforms. But what we are saying or what has been said is that there are significant issues with some of the clauses being mm-hmm. put forward. Now, um, cut to this morning, and a, a, an unnamed source in the government, uh, some believe a, a member of could very, very senior, has said that uh, it is their belief that uh, at, at least the more controversial points, such as the override clause, will be shelved for at least a year. So uh, we're definitely starting to hear that kind of language. We've heard Lieberman in the last couple of hours that the, these overhauls should be put on the uh, on the freezer permanently. And um, also comments coming from the leader of the opposition that uh, you know, any agreements uh, to push this forward because uh, negotiations are ongoing at the moment must be broad-based consensus. So it's going to be quite mm-hmm. fascinating to see how the Prime Minister balances the demands of his coalition and uh, what members of his party are saying with regards to this. Well, Roland, uh, I think it's going to be three spaces that we're going to be eagerly watching starting off this uh, week. Let's see how things transpire into tomorrow. Very, very quickly, just got one minute left. Normalization of ties between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Now, there seems to be some positive talk around this. What's going on there? Well, we do... Uh, let me put my English grammar back uh, in my head. We are hearing a lot of uh, murmurings. In my opinion, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. So, you know, we had that statement by the U.S. saying that uh, 
um, the uh, any normalisation with the Saudis would be conditional on whether or not the overhaul goes forward. And we had Yossi Katz, the former leader of the Mossad, say, you know, uh, it is being spoken about, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. It, and it's not contingent on where the Saudis stand with um, bilateral agreements with any other country. Now right. he would know he is the former head of the Mossad, very, very involved in okay. helping to broker the Abraham Accords. So, as we say on this slot, watch this space. Indeed. Four spaces to be watching here, Rolene, as we go into, uh, well, for, look forward to that uh, when we chat tomorrow. Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel, giving us a load on what's happening in the Holy Land.